You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. My first job as a full-time minister in uh, full-time church work was as associate pastor with, in Tulsa, Oklahoma with a great guy who was the lead pastor of the church. His name was Brent. And uh, Pastor Brent was, uh, I mean, I learned a lot from him. And I remember one one Monday after I'd been there two or three years on staff with him that uh, he called me in to come into the office. I got something I need to show you. And uh, he had just on Sunday preached on tithing. He had preached a sermon on on giving, right? And he had uh, in his hand a note that had been left for him, a handwritten anonymous note that said, ever preach on money again, you'll be sorry. If you ever preach on money again, you'll be sorry. Somebody who was in the congregation, who was a part of the church family, who decided to anonymously write a note with a threat to the pastor to never preach on something that Jesus had a lot to say on, which is money. And then you fast forward a few years, and I'm pastoring the lead pastor of a church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. And on this particular Easter Sunday, um, in the offering plate was put a uh, one of the offering envelopes with a dollar bill inside. Now, I never see the offering envelopes. I never see who gives what. But at a meeting that week, um, the, the, uh, the, the treasurer, the, the, the CFO, uh, brought this envelope. And he said, I got a, an offering envelope I need to show you guys. And I said, I, you know, I don't need to know who gives what. And he goes, no, you need to see this one. And it's, it was $1 in the offering envelope. And it was from, on the outside, on the place where you put your information, this was made out from greed. Greed gave a dollar <laughs> in the offering on Easter Sunday. And I had a good laugh at that. You know, hey, greed, somebody who obviously has this attitude that the, the church is just out to take your money, um, went ahead and gave a dollar anyway. So, man, well, that was a blessing there. So what are some thoughts that go through people's minds when, when it comes to putting money in the offering plate? Now, at Awaken Church, we don't we don't really pass the plate. We have these white buckets that we have on the, the, the hospitality table, and we encourage people, if you have a tithe or, or, or offering or donation um, that you'd like to make, just drop it in the, in the white bucket there. There's offering envelopes where you can fill out your information um, and all that kind of good stuff is, is there. Um, and, you know, and, and here at Awaken Church, we just be honest, uh, being a church plant, still Still a church startup, very much in the stage we're in. Um, we rely heavily on uh, sponsors, churches, and individuals and families that that financially sponsor what we do here. Uh, but today's sermon it actually comes from seeds planted from last year's creative retreat. And I know some people are like, "Why would you? Why do you have to have a retreat to decide what you're going to preach about for the next year? Why do you have a calendar? Why don't you just let the Holy Spirit lead you?" Well, this is how the Holy Spirit leads me. This is how the Holy Spirit leads us at Awaken Church. Um, we gather together. I gather together some creative thinkers. Everybody has to bring ideas for sermon series. We pray about it. I have prayed and fasted leading up to this retreat, and I have encouraged them to do so as well as they bring some ideas for potential sermon series. And we pray together. We discuss ideas. We read scripture together. We discuss scripture together. It takes it takes usually, depending on the number of people, a couple of days to do this. 
and we pray. I mean, and this is the whole thing. In our prayer, we begin with a prayer, we pause in our prayer, and we end with a prayer that God, we're asking you to lead us in this. Our, we will not put together a plan for this next year and ask you to bless it. We're asking you, what is your plan for us? To show us what we need to know, to, to lead us where that you need us to go. And we go with that mindset and that prayer, and that is how we approach this. And the Holy Spirit works through us, and we had no idea what 2020 was going to bring. And yet, throughout the whole year, the series on racial reconciliation and unity and the church the church being called to lead the way was very timely. The, 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 the series on uh, worry not and fear not, very timely as we've gone through this. And, and every series along the way as we've gone through the Exodus and we've gone through um, you know a lot of, a lot of the, the, the scriptures and all the, the series we've done that were kind of plotted out. The seeds were planted last fall and a kind of a calendar was put together prayerfully and we saw that God obviously knew something we didn't. <laughs> and so this is why we do it this way. So on that, that creative meeting, one of the college students who was in attendance said, we really need you to bring us a sermon series on money. Like what does God have to say about finances? What does the Bible say about money? And I thought, man, that's a that's a, something I wouldn't expect necessarily, college student. And they blow my mind all the time with the expectations. I expect one thing, and they do something else. Um, and this was this was great. And so we had actually blocked out two to three weeks, and I had three weeks planned. But as as it goes, and 2020 has progressed, and as we've prayerfully been led by the Holy Spirit, some things have changed. Some sermons got that got changed. Some weeks got changed. There's been some moments when it was we had something on the calendar. We were going to preach this, and God. God led us in a different direction because we followed the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so we come to this week, and this series is down to, well, it's just going to be one sermon, okay? We're going to have one sermon on how to, that we have money on our mind and our mind on our money, and we're going to have one day. So let's do this. Let's, uh, let's pause and ask God to help us develop the kind of relationship with money that He would have us to have. And as I prayed about what direction to take this, um, and, and again, you can't go everywhere that I would go in a three-week series. I, I, I certainly can't go everywhere I would go in a three-week series on one sermon, and I wouldn't even try to do that. But this phrase kept coming back to me as I was praying that, uh, that my friend and a, a mentor of mine, retired pastor Doyle Weitzel, uh, said, and he, he, he had a way of drilling this home, you can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. And I thank God for Pastor Doyle being in my life and having that kind of... Uh, just uh, being able to, to, to drill that home. Um, and so this is about generosity. It's about making Jesus the subject of your finances. This is not a wealth and prosperity message. I want to get that clear. This is not a wealth and prosperity message. I won't make you any promises that if you give $10, then God will bless you with $100. Uh, although I have experienced things like this, and I will tell you a story in just a minute, but this is about having a proper perspective as a follower of Jesus. So straight up, if you're not a Christian, if you're like, I'm just kind of checking this Jesus thing out, somebody somebody uh, encouraged me to visit a in church, somebody you know gave me the link um, to to this, uh, and I'm just checking this out. I want you to know I'm speaking directly to, to those of us who've made the decision to follow Jesus and, to, and and seek to become more like Jesus and grow spiritually. Okay, and, but I'm glad you're here, and 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 I do believe that these principles and the information I want to share can benefit you, whether you are a Christian or not. But at Awaken Church, usually our, our mindset is, what is the you know how do we make this clear to the unchurched person? How do we make this clear to somebody who is de-churched? And today, just, I just want you to know, this is for Christians, okay? 
And we're in Luke chapter 21, and we're going to see what Jesus has to say. And Jesus has a lot to say about money and finances and giving and tithing. And so we're not going to hit everything, but this is the one place where I just felt led, compelled by God's Spirit to come and, and camp out in and, and this first few verses of Luke 21 for our time together here. So Jesus is in the temple. He's been teaching. He's been answering questions. The Sadducees and Pharisees, these religious leaders, they've even tried to trick him. If you go back uh, back into chapter 20, they come and brought him questions about uh, paying taxes and should you pay taxes and, and, and all these kind of questions. And, uh, and they were trying to trick him. They were trying to trap him into saying something either against the government or against the law the law of Moses, which they held in high regard. And Jesus, Jesus answered them brilliantly like he always does. And then we get to chapter 21. So while Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, this poor widow has given more than all the rest of them, for they have given a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. So here's our big idea. Generosity establishes and reveals a godly relationship with money. Generosity establishes and reveals a godly relationship with money. So I want to start with a question here. What is what is the tithe? Right? We hear that word tithe and I was a kid, you know, I'm a, I'm a preacher's kid, so I heard this word my whole life. When I remember when I was very young hearing it and I thought they were saying tithe, like we're going to receive the tithes and offerings. And I thought, why are they going to take tithes? I mean, why are they taking the, the dude's ties? And it wasn't ties, it's tithes. And, uh, and, and, and so tithe, it means to give 10%. Literally, that's what it means. And Shelly and I, uh, back in, in the day, we, as we were married and we were attending, uh, I was attending Mid-America Christian University and I was working full-time and not for a lot of money, but but I was working full-time, going to school full-time. I was uh, interning in a church and in, in youth ministry and was just like, you know, just trying to grow in my faith. And I was really, really growing a lot at that time. It was one of those seasons. We have seasons and, and, and you grow in different rates and that's okay. And I was really growing a lot. And I really was like, we're not, we don't tithe. And, and, and you know, financially, we didn't, we didn't have much money at all. Hardly, hardly any money, to tell you the truth, after we paid the bills. And we, we weren't tithing. And tithing was something I grew up with. It's not, not was in my house. It wasn't just something you were taught or suggested. You were, you were commanded. You tithe. Um, you give it, you get money, you give a tenth of it to, that you bring it to church and give it to God. Shelly didn't, wasn't brought up in that, that kind of atmosphere. And so it was foreign to her. Uh, not the idea of giving, but the idea of tithing regularly, like taking 10% off of your income every single paycheck and, and giving that to church. And so when I said, I really believe, as I've been praying, that we need to be tithing. And she said, we can't afford to. And I remember saying, but I don't think we can afford not to. And we had a conversation and we made the decision that we would begin to tithe. And we have ever since we have taken, when we get our paycheck, we take the, we take 10% immediately. What we did, how we, how we made it a thing was we made it a bill. Now that's not very spiritual. And, but, but for us, it created a habit. It created a way for us to get away from the, we can't afford to thing. And we made it the top priority bill on our list of bills and every paycheck, every payday, the first bill that was paid was the 10% that we took off and we set that aside and took it to church the very next Sunday and put it in the offering, paid our, you know, brought our tithe. Okay. Now, Again, I understand that's not very spiritual, and I'm not saying it is. What I'm saying is that helped us create the habit and grow in our spirituality. 
So what's the difference between a tithe and an offering? Well, well, tithe is an, it's actually an old English word that literally is the same word as tenth. The word just changed over time. So, so when you hear the word tithe, it's not some Christian ease word. It's just an old English word for the word tenth. We could say, you know, bring your tenth in offering, and, and it would be the exact same thing. So Jesus is in the temple. He's observing people, and some are bringing a tithe, and some are bringing an offering, and some some they're, some are bringing something, some but but not a tenth, and some maybe were given an offering above their tithe, but they're bringing these gifts to the collection box, and the insinuation is insinuation is that everyone sees giving as an act of worship, whether they were tithing or giving an offering or or whatever they they see giving as an act of worship. So according to a recent study by nonprofitresource.com, give credit where it's due, 17% of adults in America report that they tithe regularly. But actually, actual giving reflects that only 3 to 5% of Americans actually tithe, these are churchgoers, right, actually tithe. Christians, it reports, aren't giving at 10%, but the average is 2.5%. The average Christian gives 2.5%. Now you compare that to the Great Depression, and this is what nonprofitresource.com did. And said they they said in the Great Depression, Christians gave an average of 3.3%. So so today in 2020, Christians are at, you know Christians, churchgoers, Bible believing people who want to make Jesus the subject are not tithing, but giving an average of 2.5%, which is less than was given during the Great Depression. Now, Leviticus 27.30 says, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. So the Christian practice of tithing comes from the ancient Hebrew practice, which is called Maesra, and it meant to separate and give the first 10% of income or harvest to God before you took any for yourself or gave any to, to anyone else. And this isn't something just made up by the church or made up by Christians in order to get money. The tithe is an ancient practice of the Hebrew culture. But it's also present in practices of ancient Mesopotamia and also in the Sikh religion of, of India. It's called Dunswain there, and it's, it's exactly the same as a tithe. See, in Jesus' time, tithing was a way of life for the Jews. And if they lived by the word of God, they gathered yearly at this festival. Uh, it's called the Feast of Tabernacles. And each one would bring the tithe, their maesra, as you know, they brought from their crops, their herds, their flocks, to the temple in Jerusalem. This tenth, the first tenth that they had, uh, they had brought to give, to, to separate and give the first ten percent. And if they couldn't, if it was too far for the animals to travel, if it was too far for the agricultural goods to actually make it, they would bring the amount of money that one-tenth of their crops or herds or flocks would be worth. So, So we understand what a tithe actually is, a tenth. And the difference between a tithe and an offering is, well, an offering isn't 10%. <laughs> an offering is anything, you know, if you give anything less than 10%, that's an offering. It's not a tithe. And if you give you get tithe, but then you give more. That's that's also an offering, right? So so there we go. So we know what it is. But why should we do it? Why why should we tithe? Well, here's here's where I kind of come. On. I, I land on this. How you handle money is a spiritual issue. That's why I teach my children that we should tithe. That's why Shelley and I agree that we should tithe. How you hun- handle money is a spiritual issue. Now, even though God doesn't need money. <laughs> this is a spiritual issue. A number of years ago, 
And this is, I was working full-time. This was actually when I was in uh, at Mid-America Christian University earning my degree in pastoral ministry and Bible. Um, and uh, I was working at a, at a store, a retail store, and uh, had uh, pay, we paid the bills, and I had $15 cash in my pocket, and I had to go get milk. And so I went to the grocery store to get milk. And milk's going to bust a $5 bill, right? You're probably going to have, you may have a $1.50 left if you buy just milk. Um, so I had $15. So five of that's pretty much spent on milk. And there's this guy that comes up to me in the parking lot, this dude. And he says he's got these these candy straws. They're these like long straws with this powder candy. It's kind of like... Uh, kind of like kool-aid stuff real sweet sugary stuff maybe you've seen these straws before and he's like i'm selling these for five bucks each and all the proceeds go to help the men's shelter and he had a little card about the men's shelter and would you would you buy one would you make a donation for this candy and immediately my thought i mean this all happened in, like my brain is just clicking this off right no this is not real it's not legit he's you know he it's a scam that was that was clicking um next my next thing clicking was i can't give him uh you know, can't give him you know money because once i buy milk i'll only have ten dollars left to last till the next paycheck which is two weeks every two weeks you get your paycheck in retail and and, and i i you know i can't just have ten because that's my taco bell money I mean, I work in retail, and I'm a full-time college student, and I'm married, and 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 I'm that's my third meal money. And this other, I mean, instant. This is all happened quick in my brain, right? And I heard this this other thought comes in and says, "Buy two. I want you to buy two. <laughs> Give him ten dollars. Buy two. And I was like, "Where did that thought come from? What in the world?" And it was God. It was the Holy Spirit of God speaking to me in that moment, and just said, "You know." As as quickly as I was coming up with reasons not to give this guy five bucks, God said, I want you to give him $10. And I immediately just said, okay, I will. And I said, here, man, I feel like, I said, uh, I, I, tip, I usually don't do this, and I don't really have a lot of money, but, I, but here, I believe I'm supposed to give you $10 for this. And, uh, and I believe this is what God wants me to do. So I'm going to do it. And he thanked me and everything. God bless you. This is fantastic. Gave him the $10, took my stick candy, went on my way, went in, bought the milk, had a dollar 50 left for the, you know, you're not going to get anything at Taco Bell for dollar 50. And I had that in my, so I, on the one hand, I felt really good. I felt really good because I gave this, I, I made a donation. I, I made a sacrifice and a part of that felt good. And the other side, I felt kind of deflated. Like now I have no cash. He's got ten dollars. I got no dollars, or I got a buck fifty. And I'm like, you know, I was, I was kind of feeling deflated, but I was most, I was kind of mostly feeling pretty good. I'm like, you know what? It's it's gonna be okay. I can I can go without Taco Bell till the next paycheck. But the next paycheck, buddy, I'm getting me the big meal at Taco Bell. And I was just thinking that. And so I went back to our apartment complex and went down to the mailbox, picked up our mail, came back, and I had a card from my mamaw, my grandmother in in uh, Indiana, and. Uh, and and I was like, okay, it's nobody's. It's not my birthday. It's not our anniversary. There's no special occasions. It's just. It's obviously it's a card. So open it up, wondering what is the card for? And it was just a generic thinking of you card. And in the inside, she had written, uh, was thinking of you. Thought you could use this. I love you. And it was a check for a hundred dollars. Less than twenty minutes after I gave ten dollars. Now now I'm again. I'm not saying this is this is some magical thing. If you give $10 to Awaken Church, God's going to bless you with $100. But I'm saying this happened to me. I gave $10 to this ministry, uh, in ministry. I gave $10 that I really 
didn't feel like I could give. And I came back and immediately had a hundred dollars that my grandmother had, you know, she had mamma several days ago had put this in the mail. It just happened to come at that moment. <sighs> so that question, if God doesn't need my money, then why should I tithe? Why should I be, why should I be generous? Well, as Jesus watched the people come and go, and they saw how they gave, he told his disciples that this one woman, this widow who was culturally and socially a nobody, she had no real way to provide for herself, this woman was the only one who really, really understood. She's the only one that gets it. Of all those coming to the temple, only she understood that how we handle money is a spiritual issue. Here's a few things about uh, giving especially being generous and tithing that, um, that I believe can help us understand this as a spiritual issue. The first thing is this. God commands tithing. It's a spiritual issue because God, the Creator, commands tithing. Deuteronomy 14.22 says, you, this is God speaking as a command in the Torah, you must set aside a tithe of your crops, one-tenth of all the crops you harvest each year. Now, for some people, they'll say that's all they need. They, they say this, you know, I, I live by this. God said it. The Bible said it. That settles it. But if only 3 to 5% of Christians are actually tithing, one begins to wonder how legit that claim is, that, well, if God said it, then that settles it. I pray that it would be. <laughs> but in today's culture, that's not all we need. I mean, it is, but it's not all people need to really grasp something as a spiritual issue. But it is true. God commands it. There's no way around it. Tithing reveals our priorities. It's a spiritual issue because tithing reveals our priorities. A famous saying is, show me where your money goes, and I can show you what's important to you. They used to say, um, show me your checkbook, the balance in your checkbook. Uh, you know, there's a, in the, Back in the day, we had checkbooks, and I guess some people still use them. But there was like this registry, and you wrote a check, and you wrote it down, and this way you kept a balance. You didn't spend money you didn't have if you would keep your checkbook balanced. And I learned that lesson. I did that for, for a number of years. And... and uh, and it would say, show me your checkbook balance and your registry, and I can show you what's important to you. Like, I can, where you spend your money is where it's important to you. And we, have, you know, we can say God is number one in our lives, but when we're not tithing, we're fooling ourselves. Tithing reveals our priorities. Tithing is also a spiritual issue because tithing teaches us generosity. Well, let's be honest. We don't have to learn to be selfish. But, but selfishness is the opposite of what a, uh, of a spiritual person desires to be. We want to be spiritual people. We want to, to grow and be spiritually healthy. In order to do that, you have to be generous. A spiritual person is generous. Tithing teaches us that. So be generous with love. Be generous with your time. Be generous with words of affirmation that, that affirm others and build them up. Be generous if you have chocolate share that chocolate and yes be generous with money tithing money is a spiritual issue because tithing shows we trust god and some of us get into real financial shape we're in like, like and not good because we're not trusting god but our money where we're trusting ourselves with the money instead so as followers of christ if we say we trust him for our salvation we trust him to bring us into the kingdom of god we how can how can we not trust him with our money Consistently giving giving 10% of your income to the work of God's church, especially when you're living, we can't afford to tithe, places you in a place of trust in God like nothing else will. Generosity establishes and reveals a godly relationship with money. 
And tithing, it's just the beginning. Tithing's just the beginning. When uh, our, our oldest son, Christian, was seven years old, we had been teaching him tithing and saving. He would get a small allowance each week, and then we had, he had um, uh, two like boxes, two, two containers. One was the save container, and we had a certain amount that was to be saved. Then he had a spend box, and he put the money in the spend box, and he could, he could spend that anytime he wanted on anything he wanted, you know, as, as long as it was you know, appropriate. Um, and and, uh, and then he had the first, took always took ten percent and that was for his tithe and we would take it to church and he would put it in the offering, and he did this for years. We taught him tithing, we taught him to save, and we taught him how to spend correctly or safely in a healthy have a healthy relationship with money. And at seven years old, Christian comes in to me on a Sunday morning. We're getting ready for church, and he says, "Dad, I'm giving all of my spend money to God." I said, "What?" He said, I'm taking all of my spend money to put in the offering. And I said, Christian, now, now why would you want to do that? He goes, I want God to have all my money. He said, I'm not, I'm not taking the money out of the save money, but all the spend money. I'm putting it with this, this tithe for this week, and I'm giving it all. And I said, well, I, I, that's, great. I, I, that's great, son. I'm proud that you want to give, give all your money to, to God and to, to, to help the work of the church. But, but, but you know, let's, and that's all this as a teaching moment. I want to teach my son some, some, some wisdom here, right? That's, that was my thought. I'm going to teach him, if you, if you give all your money here, then what were you going to do when you need some over here? And I said, so if you give all your money to, God, to at church, what are you going to do when you need something and you don't have any spend money. He says, oh, daddy, you'll take care of what I need. Now, part of that reveals a little bit about being a child, right? About, you know, you can just what do whatever and your daddy will take care of what you need. But as a daddy, I'm telling you, I will take care of what my, my sons need. My kids, I will take care of what my kids need. I won't give them everything they want. They are, they know that. But what, what a great what a great lesson. What if we all had the outlook on our money and our possessions that all of this is God's and our God, our daddy, will take care of our needs? So what does generosity look like in your life? Jesus said that the widow gave more than anyone else, for she gave all that she had. She dropped in this collection box two coins that are called lepta, and it's a word that, that literally means flake. Lepta. So this was a coin that's worth the least amount in the Jewish currency at her time. Scholars say that, that it was about a fifth of a cent, one-fifth of a penny by today's standards. And yet Jesus said she gave generously. She actually gave more than everybody else. Probably the most famous verse in the entire Bible that preachers use when it comes to this topic is Malachi 3.8. And it says this, Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. So God says that if we will gain control of our finances and be spiritually minded with our money, that he will meet our needs, all of them. Again, this is not a wealth and prosperity gospel where you give to God because you want God to give you even more. God's promise is to meet your needs, not to give you everything you want. So tithing is just the beginning. 
And here's how I choose to handle the question of tithing and generosity. Does God really does God really need my money? This it's the wrong, I see it as the wrong question. I see it as it's not my money. And, and see, what I see is that all that I have has been provided by God. Yeah, I worked I worked hard and I earned the paycheck, but God gave me the ability to strength, he gave me the opportunity to have a job. He he so so God is the one who's provided this. That's how I see it. So whether I have a little or a lot, all that I have belongs to God. And that's just how I see it. The reality is that all we have is provided by God in one way or another. Therefore, all we have truly belongs to Him. God says, bring in the full tithe and give generously, and He will bless our lives. And He says, go ahead and test me. We hear all the time, don't test God. Don't test God. God said right here, God speaking through the prophet says, test me in this. Test me. What else did Jesus have to say about this? Well, a lot, actually, and I'm not going to cover uh, much more at all. I'll just share another verse or two. But, but you may want to study tithing and generosity in the New Testament, and you'll see that Jesus had a lot to say about this. And Matthew 23, 23, says, What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, and you Pharisees, hypocrites? For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but ignore the most important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. I had someone actually come to me one time and said, um, when I talked about you know, tithing, and said, well, you know, Jesus never taught we should tithe. That's an Old Testament concept. I said, well, Jesus does right here. He says, you should tithe, yes, but tithing's just the beginning. <laughs> yeah, tithing's just the beginning. Do not neglect the more important things, justice, mercy, and faith. And how do you express justice, mercy, and faith? Being generous. Second <laughs> Corinthians nine seven just bottom lines it for me. Hopefully, maybe maybe for you. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. It's not about your Christian duty. It's not about because the pastor said so. It's not about because the Bible said so. It's not. It's because God loves a cheerful giver. And when you give, I have found when you are generous, there's a joy, there's a cheer that you have in your life, in your heart that I just don't find anywhere else. So what are your next steps? I want to challenge us all with a next step here. Commit to tithe. That's that 10% thing, right? Commit to tithe for the next month. For the next month, commit to tithe. God says, test me in this. I'm just echoing what God says. Test me in this. Engage this as an act of worship. Tithe for one month. And just test God in this and see see what happens. See where he's at, where you're at. Now, if you're joining us for this uh, message today and you have a church home or a church family, please tithe there. Tithe to your home church and your church family. But if you're someone who is like, oh, I don't have a church family, and I just I just came across this this uh, this this message today, or or if you're a part of the awakened church family, <laughs> I would challenge you to do this and to give. And here's how you can give to awakened church. Uh, when you're in person, again, like I said earlier, here we have these 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 offering buckets that we have we just have them on our hospitality table and you can drop the the offering in there and that would be totally fine but if you're not we have a lot of actual members who are virtual members and uh, and we get asked time from time to time how can we give well right now we don't we've not yet got set up with a virtual payment uh, method 
But you can send a payment, send a tithe or an offering to, and here, listen to this, LCMCOG, LCMCOG, that stands for this, so you'll know, Louisiana Congregational Ministries of the Church of God, LCMCOG. That is our parent uh, church. That's our that's our network. So so Awaken Church isn't just a bunch of us out here trying to do our own thing. We're actually accountable to the LCMCOG network, which is a network of churches in Louisiana that work together and that are working together to plant this church in Natchitoches. So on your memo, you write Awaken or write Natchitoches on the memo. And then you send this to LCMCOG, 1000 Chinaberry Drive, Suite 700, Bozier City, Louisiana, 71111. So let me give you that again. 1000 Chinaberry Drive, Suite 700. Bozier City is spelled like this. B-O-S-S-I-E-R. Looks like Bossier. Bossier, B-O-S-S-I-E-R, City, Louisiana, 71111. Lord, we love you. Thank you for this time today. Thank you for the opportunity to to dig into your word one more time and be led by your spirit to begin to grasp, Lord, that that how we deal with money is actually a spiritual issue. And so, Lord, I pray you could keep awakening us to this, how we handle this as a spiritual issue. And Lord, we desire to be spiritual people. We desire to grow spiritually. We want to be healthy spiritually. Lord, as Christians, we want to become more like Jesus in every moment. And so, Lord, make us generous. Give us the generosity that you have. Lord, help us to understand that this is not about us. This is about the kingdom. This is not about a God who needs or demands our money. It's about a God who desires for us to trust you. And so, Lord, as we grow in our trust, help us to grow in our generosity. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AwakenChurchLA.